Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shatterick, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, Patrick Harrington has been elite for the Lake Monsters this season, and he was a big part of their 14-game win streak, and he's on this podcast today. Yep, there's a little time left in July, maybe a couple more starts at most for everyone, but he's certainly on that July Pitcher of the Month candidate list. He's on the He's an early favorite for, you know, a Cy Young candidate. And he he was great. He talked about both being in Nashua and Vermont. He he talked about his time at Assumption and the uh, the 2016 Bedford High School State Championship in New Hampshire. Yeah, Harrington's got a laundry list worth of awards and a great resume full of baseball. And, and now he's a part of that incredible win streak. Once again, shout out to the Lake Monsters for an incredible run. 14 in a row ended, unfortunately, on Wednesday. but. And a, and a remarkable performance for them. Yeah, you know, we keep talking about podcast luck. CJ Newtson, their GM, came on before the season. We talked to him about sleeping in the dugout during the losing streak. You know, they had the longest winning streak in FCBL history. I mean, is that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take a little credit for that maybe? Yeah. Yeah, we'll just – it's a – yeah, it's right here. We'll just eh. – We'll take we'll take this one. We'll, hey, we'll take a hey, hey. Good job, Owen. Good job to you too, Johnny. Thanks. Oh. You're welcome. We'll give ourselves credit, and we'll give Patrick Harrington credit for coming on this podcast. We want to get you guys to the interview. So, without further ado, we present our interview with Patrick Harrington. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest, who currently leads the league in ERA and has been a very important part of an incredible season in Vermont. It's Patrick Harrington of the Vermont Lake Monsters. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm glad I could uh, get on the show. Yeah, we're really glad to have you. And before we start talking about your performance this season, we have to talk about the streak that the Lake Monsters just went on. You guys won 14 in a row. You were a major part of that. So what was it like to be, you know, such a big part of that? Um, I mean, it was honestly, it was awesome. We knew, like, as a team, we had, like, we had good players and we have, like, a good like community together and then I think once we started like really winning I think like early in the season we had another streak of like seven or so um so like we knew we could like string a good amount together then like everything kind of just came together and we like the whole team started clicking we started playing really well our bullpen was shut down I think at one point it was like 36 or so innings out of the pen we didn't we didn't give up a run so they just came in like did their job and then we just had timely hitting the whole time. So we just, we were able to just get win after win. It was, it was a really great feeling. Yeah. And we're recording this on Thursday. Unfortunately, it did come to an end last night, but it also extended last night as you guys had a double header. Talk about that grand slam to win it. That was awesome to watch over and over again. What was the reaction like from the dugout and, and the team overall? Um, even like before the grand slam itself, like that whole, those whole last two innings were the craziest innings I've probably been a part of in a long time, if not my whole life, because we started off down against like really good pitchers. We were able to like scrape together a couple guys on base, cause some havoc on the base paths, just get guys to in scoring position, manufacture a couple runs, tie it up and give ourselves a shot, which at that point, I think we were all like, we were all on edge. We weren't really sure. Uh, we were all like hopeful that we could pull it out, but we were like this, this is going to be tough. And then we were able to just tie it up in the, in the seventh. Um, our bullpen was shut down in the eighth, which was, not, which was awesome. And then um, eighth came up and 
we got i think it was like bases loaded with no out we were like all right like we, we got it but then two outs came and we were all just like on the edge of our seats and i think chris was pin- pinch hitting at that time so i think it was his first at bat of the day and like once he hit it we're like oh my god like that is i mean at first i thought it was at least down and then it just kept carrying and it was once we saw it leave the fence it was it was the craziest feeling of all time just seeing him around the bases and then having a little like celebration at home it was it was so crazy yeah it's one of those things that like it's so rare and then and then you see it and you're part of it and and it's crazy a 14 game winning streak is rare too so july 4th feels like forever ago and it was it started before then and you guys said you know you had the seven game win streak going Teams are teams just want to string a few hits together, let alone string a few wins together. So as this got to like three, four, five, and then like 10, 11, 12, and then the double headers came up, how was there pressure? What was going on in the clubhouse? How, what was the reaction? Like, what was the mood like? Um, I, th- I don't know if it was overall pressure because I think it, it might've been honestly the, the opposite of pressure. We were all just so relaxed. And one thing it might've just been like, we've become so close as a team. We've all just become like more relaxed and we've become like comfortable with each other that we know if you're not producing that day, you know, the guy right behind you is just gonna, he'll pick it up for you. And then like, you'll do same for him, like the next game. So we all just became comfortable with each other and started playing, you know, really well as a team and not so much as like individuals. So I think that just really helped stay confident in like any type of situation in the game. Like, you know, there are points where we'd be down like, three or four nothing early in the game and there was no there's no real panic to the game we knew we like we knew we had it and we knew it only took a couple couple hits and a couple of timely hits and we'd be back in the game so it was it was a lot of like comfort i don't know if there was any a lot like there wasn't too much pressure ever maybe like right right as the streak was about to get snapped but other than that it was more just like a comfortable and like we're just having a lot of fun winning some games yeah no pressure just walk off grand slam luckily i wasn't the one hitting that one so i didn't have any pressure yeah Yeah, you were it's good (laughs) good not to be up in the box someone else can do it so i assume this has improved the chemistry throughout the team this this month yeah we've yeah we've definitely i think in the month of like may and june we were all like getting to know each other and we were we were really able to like come together closer because we most of us are all in host families so we're all in like a similar situation the only people we really have up here to start were like just like our teammates so we were able to like come close through that like one commonality and then i think july really just showed like we are like we became really close and really comfortable with each other the whole time so it just it made it a lot easier and having a long homestand definitely helped i think so we'll talk about you being a fcbl vet but people that are not fcbl vets are your coaches uh your pitching coach Matt Finch, Fincher, excuse me, and uh, Pete Wilk, the Lake Monsters skipper. Uh, what have you maybe taught them? What have they taught you? And how is everyone getting comfortable up there in, in Vermont's inaugural season here in the league? Um, I think they were like more just getting comfortable with the league itself. I feel like every league has its own like individualities. I've been around this league, so I'm really comfortable with it. But when you're first, either as a player or a coach, like you're first getting used to the league, um, it's a lot it's just subtle differences when you get to a field, like kind of what's going on, like where everything's situated and located and like, kind of like how the game like is the feel and stuff. So I don't know if it's like, I'm not like teaching them or anything, but it's more there. 
getting a little adjusted to that. And then I guess me as a player, just getting a little adjusted as like any new player is to a new team to like the coaching styles and, and how like the, the team is run. So I feel like that's kind of how we've all been not changing, but like learning from each other as a big staff and team. And you've certainly adjusted better than really anybody in the league this year. You've been incredible this season. You lead the league in ERA and also innings pitched. You've your top three in strikeouts in the league. How have you felt this summer and what's it like to be as dominant as you have been? The summer's felt, it's felt really good. I think coming from my spring season, I had definitely just trying to like keep in like gain more confidence on the mound itself uh, was good. And I think uh, just from the first start that I had, I just wanted to be able to like throw, throw strikes and just fill up the zone. And I've been able to do that. And then being able to trust my defense has really helped with like overall confidence I've had. The catching I've had has been fantastic. I think we probably have the best catchers in the league, all three of them, four of them now. They all just always do a great job, and they instill a ton of confidence in me to, like, spike a curveball if I have to, even spike a fastball if I accidentally do that. So if I can just throw it throw it in the zone, let them hit it, I know our defense will make the play, and I don't have to, like, over-pitch anything or really try to be too fine anywhere else because I can just trust everything behind me and trust my team. Yeah, faith in your defense and in your catchers are super important for a pitcher, obviously. And what has impressed you most about playing in Burlington in front of those fans and in, about Centennial Field in general? I mean, I didn't know much of the history behind Centennial Field and the Vermont Lake Monsters itself. So when I first kind of got up here, I didn't know what to expect in terms of fan base and in terms of like, I knew that I had been to the field once before. So I knew of the field, but I didn't really remember it too much. So I, I really had no like no idea what was going to happen when I got up there. Then once we got like situated with the host families and once like we were talking to like everyone like in the front office within the Lake Monsters, we realized that the Lake Monsters are like a big, they're a big thing in Burlington itself. You know, we get a lot of fans and like it means a lot to the city, which is one, one really cool thing that I found when I got up here, which I wasn't. Not that I wasn't expecting, but I was I was really happy to to see. So once we got up here, I got situated with my host family. Uh, we got just to talking about the Lake Monsters and how how a lot of people really care about them and really like support them. And it's just it's been really cool to see. Like it's it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. So obviously Burlington's right on Lake Champlain, and it's no question why you guys have your name, the Lake Monsters. So if you we're on Lake Champlain and had to fight a lake monster. What is your preferred weapon? Oh, see, I don't know because Champ, even the mascot Champ. No, this isn't. This is an evil one, not Champ. Champ's not oh, evil. This is an evil lake monster. This is like Champ's yep. evil twin. Well, Champ himself yep. is a house. He's about six eight, like two fifty. So if if I'm fighting Champ's evil twin, I'm probably gonna need like. Probably gonna need like a spear or like one of those um harpoon guns because I mean he's he comes up from the the depths of Lake Champlain so I'm gonna need something that gets deep penetrating through the water I want him and I want to fight him from a distance I'm not I'm not coming hand to hand combat with that man he will he will rip me apart so probably a harpoon if I had to guess all right harpoon we'll we'll add that to the list and. 
So Champ is the lake monster's lake monster. But if Pat Harrington had a lake monster, what would he name it? If I had a lake monster, I would have to name it probably... I don't know. That's a tough one. If I had my own lake monster, I would probably name it... I would name it Centennial for the field itself. I would name it Wonderful. Perfect. They, wanna, they named him Champ off Lake Champ, Lake Champlain, not Champlain. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's probably name it Centennial off another thing in here. Or name it maybe, oh, maybe Burley. I would name it Burley. For Burley. There it is. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. There it is. <laughs> you got to throw a Lake Monsters reference in there somewhere. So <laughs> there it is. You got it. All right, one more fun little Lake Monster question for you. Well, this is more of promotion of the Lake Monsters. Hot dog hysteria, 25-cent hot dogs. How many hot dogs could Patrick Harrington eat in a minute? Oh, in a minute. Oh, if I had a whole thing of water that I could just slide it down there, I could probably get down five or six, I think, in a minute. I could probably get down five or six. I know whenever we have hot dog hysteria, um, I think one's coming up in between games or – I think it was a doubleheader when we had it. There was probably about, there were close to like 50 hot dogs flying in the locker room itself. Everything, everyone bought at least four or five to have in between the games. And we have like a half off discount. So it helped out even more. It was like 12.50 cents. Before we return to our interview with Lake Monsters pitcher, Patrick Harrington, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to Patrick Harrington. Like we mentioned before, you were on Nashua. Now you're on Vermont. Both teams have these promotions. You know, the league's fun. The kids are fun. The beers are flowing. What have you uh, liked from Nashville to Vermont? What have been some differences besides, you know, the obvious location and travel? And what's what's great about both teams? Um, one thing, though, I mean, both teams are great because both areas, there's just, it's a great atmosphere to be in. Even in Nashville, we, we got a ton of fans and ton of loyal fans that like knew you cared for the team to win and that's the same with vermont we would always get a ton of fans which is awesome to play in front of a couple of the differences i guess overall are being up in vermont's different like the the like the feel of the field is a little different like nashua is very like it feels more like enclosed itself where vermont has a little bit of a shorter stands with a lot more open area those are like a little bit like subtle differences, but honestly, they're, they're very similar venues that I've noticed, like even playing surface wise, attendance wise, it's all, it's all very similar. Yeah. And of course, you know, Vermont is a new team in this league. Nashua is a seasoned veteran of this league and you obviously are a seasoned veteran of this league. So what have you taught the new guys in the locker room, the new guys in the FCBL about the league and about, you know, playing this type of ball in, in the summer? Kind of what I've been like, 
te- not like teaching them, but like talking to them about like what I've learned. It's a long season and a lot of people like might get frustrated with like a game or like a set of like three games that they're a hitter or like an appearance or two as a pitcher. And then this is probably, this is the longest FCBL season I've been a part of, but it's probably the longest season any, any player has been a part of, especially if they're younger. And it's like easy, especially when you're younger to get frustrated with, you know, a couple, a couple bad games or a couple bad outings. But in reality, like, as long like if you're staying here like you you will get your opportunities like you can't get frustrated with like one or two bad opportunities that you got like it sucks that it happened like obviously we don't we don't want to have bad outings ever but you know it happens it's sports can't always succeed so i think just like keeping it like to a minimum like keeping your lows to a minimum and then just like always focusing on the next next task that we have and say hey over you got to put it behind you like good or bad you still you're gonna have more chances like can't get caught up in the past because we still have a lot more games to play like we're see our season is not over yet so i guess just like keeping it keeping it keeping it into perspective and not not getting overwhelmed with like the present right now because we still have a lot more time yeah and one way that you put that forward was in game three of the Futures League Championship Series last year. The Silver Knights win the title. You're a big part of that. You went in game three, went four and two thirds, two hits, two runs, struck out four batters. You were awesome in that game. You helped them ultimately win the title. What was it like being a key part of that team's success all year and eventually winning the title with you as a starter in game three? Um, That was a great feeling. Uh, That team itself was a, we felt very comfortable because that was a, with the COVID year, it was a lot of like returning guys from the year before. So a lot of us were comfortable with each other, which probably put us like at an advantage just to start. Um, and then like just being able to like play there. I was playing with a few kids that um, I played with the year before or I played with in high school. So like I got a couple hometown kids that were some of my best friends. So it was a very like comfortable feeling. It was awesome. Uh, we we hit very well, which was nice as a pitcher. It was just, it was awesome. It was so much fun. And then starting game three, uh, the first at first, it was a little question marks. So I was like, am I even going to get the ball? Because it was a best of three series. And then we dropped the first one. And I was like, all right, I think I'm I'm definitely going to get the ball here. Because there's no chance. Like, I hope we're, we're winning this series. So once I saw that first game, I was like, all right, now, now it's time to lock in and compete. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So it was a lot of fun. And game three itself was a ton of fun. There's a lot of energy. It was really back and forth. And... It was good. It was good to get the win in a very, very competitive series with the Bravehearts. Very good series. And as a follow-up to that, you know, we've talked a lot about this podcast with various Silver Knights about, you know, playing in Nashua and the culture there. What was it like playing under Cam Cook and Katie Aaron? And what's it, what's the culture like that they've developed there? Um, it was, uh, it was really awesome. I know when my played in 2019, Cam and Katie were, I don't want to mess up their titles, but they weren't what they are now. I think Katie might have been an intern and Cam was an assistant GM, something. And then uh, 2020, they both, Cam became the GM and I think Katie's now the assistant. And it was really cool to see how, it was cool to see the differences that they had. It wasn't anything crazy, but like just seeing like their their control and they really took, they took full responsibility and they really like enjoy the role that they're in. Um, took a lot of pride in it and the culture that they created was like 
it was i feel like it's a very like it's relaxed culture they're not going to be like on you all the time about like like small stuff but it's a very like like they expect like they expect a lot of guys to like come in and produce and have a good time like their main and i know their main priority was like advancement throughout like beyond baseball um so that was really cool to see like them put that initiative forward being like really open with everyone like willing to talk to everyone on the team itself if we had questions which is really cool it was a really good culture there when they were leading and i'm sure it still is now because of the people they are they're very good people there yeah and another relaxed culture was down in new britain last week for the all-star break you were obviously a no-doubter for that with the numbers you've been putting up how cool was it and how much fun do you have in new britain uh yeah that was a lot of fun i loved how it was uh the two game series or the two days that it was there um in 2019 it was one day and it felt a little pushed together not that it was like it was still a great experience in 2019 but i liked the the setup in 2021 and that was also my that was my first time ever in new britain itself because last year i never i never started in new britain or anything i never even traveled there so seeing that stadium for the first time was pretty cool and then being able to play in the game itself and then watch the home run derby it was a lot of fun and even like with all the fans there it was, it was a great time and meeting meeting all the other all-stars on both teams and just really getting to know people like like in the baseball, like in a baseball setting, but not in a competition setting. So we could more like make friends and like really get to know people outside of just like competing against them and, you know, wanting to beat them, but rather being on their own team and really getting to know them is really cool. It's a lot of fun. So you didn't need to meet some people because the NE10 was well represented. Assumption was represented at, down in New Britain. Can you talk about your uh, Assumption experience so far? Yeah, um, my, my assumption experience has been great. Um, going into my senior year, and uh, my team is great. I like, I was lucky, I think, to be in the class I was because I had one kid above me. I mean, I had multiple kids above me that were just great leaders to help me grow, both as like a person and a player. But I know one kid from the FCBL, Cole, who played last year on the brave hearts he was a good leader as on the team so it was just great like learning from him and then like competing against him on our like on our own team but and i guess playing against him too but competing against him like it, at assumption was a lot of fun because it just helped like just get us better every day and then jack choate who was also in the all-star game he's on the he was on the brave hearts so it was great to see him i mean he's had a great season all year uh, but it was great to see him at the All-Star game, see him do well, get the All-Star MVP for the pitcher. That was awesome. So it's really good to see everyone doing well. I know there's like Shay and Griffin and Jared now who just got on the uh, S Sports Center top 10 plays in his first game as a Braveheart. It's good to see good to see a lot of Assumption kids at uh, in the FCBL and uh, and on different teams now. So it's pretty cool. I like seeing it all the time. Yeah, certainly well represented. And we've talked a lot to a lot of guests about, you know, COVID and its impacts. And we'll we'll save the speech on that end. But you got a relatively normal spring in and now here we are in the summer and things are going well so far. So how have you felt with the transition going from kind of being back in the spring to now, as you said before, the long summer that is the Futures League summer this year? I think one thing that helped me a lot was in the winter and end of the fall, like I was I was like preparing my arm to be able to like throw a lot in the 
in the spring and the summer. So I was like, I was really preparing for like a full season. One of my like, or three of my like best friends who I like, or I like train with at home. Like they're all, they play like division one. So they, they had full like 55 game seasons. So we were prepping like our arms just to be able to throw that entire length and some summer ball. So I think I was, I was ready to play for the full season. And luckily we got, we got a season. We got full, say like 25 or 30 games in, which was, it was really good. We got all our conference games in, we got some playoff games. So we got a lot more than a lot of other conferences and teams, which was, which was great. And then it just, it, that itself just helped prep me for the summer right now. So I didn't go off of like throwing a lot in the winter to just shutting it down basically all spring and then jumping into competition for the summer. So I think the spring season was, it was a lot of fun and it helped prep me a lot for the summer, just with more experience and keeping my arm moving and like playing in competition the whole time. So it was a lot of fun. And I only took about a week or maybe, I think it was a week off from like finishing school, like a week off and then I was right into the Futures League. So it wasn't, it wasn't too much of a jump or like a waiting period, which was nice. You just keep going. Yeah, you got to keep going. And it's important to keep your arm moving, especially as a pitcher. And, you know, we talked about 2020 getting cut short, but 2019, you had a remarkable season. You earned any 10 all-rookie honors and posted a 3-3-8 ERA. What was it like coming onto the scene at Assumption and playing as well as you did for the as you did for the Greyhounds? I know in the fall when I first got to Assumption my freshman year, I, I had no idea what my role was going to be. I don't think I had an expectation at all for playing. Um, I kind of just came in and I knew I had to work my way in and just try and get like as many innings as I could. Um, in the fall, I had a relatively successful fall and I was just working hard with like our whole team. Every day I tried to like put on some weight, get stronger so I could like handle that season. I think in the fall itself, I was told I was playing in the FCBL. So I was pumped because I was playing in the hometown team in Nashville. It's only like 20 minutes from my house. So I was pretty pumped that I was playing there, but I knew that was going to be the most throwing that I'd ever done probably in my life, like going in to that spring and summer. Once the spring started, um, I was able to like have success early, I think, which helped like a lot in like my playing time. Um, I had like a relief appearance in the beginning of the season, one start in Florida during our spring break um, where I pitched like, pretty well. And then I worked out of the pen, I think after that, the whole time and it just helped a lot. I was able to just throw strikes and try to limit my walks, which helped a lot in the 2019 spring and then gave me confidence in 2019 summer to then like move to be a starter, which was, I was hoping to do my sophomore year. Um, so then I was a starter in 2019 summer, which helped a lot to just gain my confidence as a starter in a college league rather than just high school. So it was a lot of fun and it helped, um, it helped just, like gaming experience against collegiate hitters, not just in the any 10 as well. So it's good. Yeah. So well, we're going to ask about the any 10 one more time, because you've, you've been in this league for three years. You're, you're obviously an upperclassman in the any 10. Have there been any matchups in the summer that, you know, you're looking forward to, or you're circled from a competition, like a non-assumption kid around the league? One bigger matchup that I had was with my catcher from 2019 and 2020 Dylan Jones. He, so he played at Franklin Pierce and I mean, he caught me for two full summers and once I, I had a start against them and he came up and I was like, Oh God, like this, this kid's a really good hitter. So 
it was a good matchup. I think, I think I want, I don't know. He had like a warning track fly out. So it was like, it was like a win-win, I guess. He, he barreled me pretty well, but it was, it ended up being an out. But that was one of the, one of the bigger matchups I had because he was one that I faced all the time and I, I met him for two full years and he was a great hitter. So that was, that was probably my favorite matchup. Yeah, you know, no damage against a guy like that's always always usually a win. But exactly. he barreled you, so whatever. He'll I'm yeah. sure he'll talk that talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. One last thing about Assumption. How were you recruited there? How did a kid from Bedford? Because obviously you guys had a great team um, up there uh, at Bedford High School. How did how did you end up down in Worcester at Assumption? Um. Yeah. So my after my junior year, I was actually a catcher until my like junior year of high school. So I didn't do much recruiting as a pitcher or anything. And I was like, I was a little undersized. So I wasn't like throwing hard or anything. There wasn't like one tool that like stood out to like any division one scouts or anything. So I had like one showcase after my junior year going into my senior year summer, um, where it was like assumption was there. I think like a good amount of other schools were there. I like I pitched, I caught, I played really well. I think I only threw like two innings, but I had like five strikeouts or something. I like pitched well. Um, Assumption reached out. And then I like went down, did a visit. I think I went to their camp in the summer, um, talked to Coach Rocco and the pitching coach there at the time. And then I think they saw me one more time in the fall. And that's when like I really like was committed to just being a pitcher now. And then after that, I like I think I, I pitched relatively good there. I think I only threw one inning, but got no runs, no hits or something. Um was pretty pumped and then I think around like Halloween time in my senior year, he gave me a call and offered me and then I ended up just accepting it relatively on the spot within a couple of days. So I was pretty excited to uh go down there and get to work right when I got down there in the fall. So yeah, that's awesome. And and just another unique journey that we've asked all of the guests that we've had about recruiting and talk about that for a minute. You said you were a catcher. So how have you used your skills as a catcher to help you when you transitioned to being a full-time pitcher? Um, so one thing I know when I was younger, maybe in high school, maybe my freshman year of college, I had like a understanding of pitch calling from like the other side as being a catcher and like seeing other people's stuff and how it was effective to certain hitters. Um, so that was one area that like I didn't have to learn as much as becoming a pitcher. I kind of understood like the pitch calling and like how pitches like tunneled off each other to get outs and be effective. And then I think one thing it just helped with my like arm health maybe when I was like younger because I didn't pitch as much, so it wasn't direct stress on my arm. So I never really had arm problems. And then as a catcher, you're still like throwing all the time, so your arm's in shape, but it's not like as high. Um, high intent all the time. And then I, once I became a pitcher full time, it just, I, I basically did it because I had a stronger arm. And the only thing I liked as a catcher was just being able to like throw people out at second. Cause I wasn't a, I wasn't a great like blocker or framer or anything like that. I wasn't a great hitter. I just wanted to throw the ball down to second all the time. So then I was like, all right, I'm just going to switch to pitching. And then luckily I could spin a little loopy curveball and like, when I was younger, so I could get outs. And then I just worked off that and then really just focused in on becoming a pitcher itself, which was a lot of fun and helped with my development. 
Yeah, that's definitely a telltale sign when you only like throwing down to second base that it might be time to switch positions. Yeah. Before we return to our interview with Patrick Harrington, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On Demand Storage will pick up your items directly from your location and put them in storage for you. When you want something put back, Give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's ondemandstorage, all one word, .com. Now, back to Patrick Harrington. And in high school, when you officially hopped on the mound for good, you had a 1-3-3 career ERA in high school. You earned Division I first team honors and All-State honors, and you also helped win the state title in 2016, which was a team full of great players. Yeah. So how fun was that Bedford High School team who, again, to very few people su surprised were the state champs in 2016? Um, in 2016, it was a lot of fun. We were actually considered underdogs that year because we had a very talented team, but it was young. I think we only had two seniors on that whole team. Um, and then we had a lot of juniors and a lot of sophomores on the team, uh, headed by our one of my like good friends, Grant, who got drafted in the first round. He was graduated my year. So 2016 was a great season. I think we came in as like a lower seed um, and then just kind of like caught fire at the end, like just started like everything clicking. It was honestly similar to like the our like Lake Monsters 14 win streak. We just were, we were all comfortable and we just were relaxed and just started hitting all the time. And our pitching was, our pitching was our strong suit at that point. Cause we had a lot of, a lot of good arms at that point. Our, our pitching was locked down. So we just had to put up like five, five or so runs and we knew we were going to get a win. Um, so that's all we had to do. And it was just very relaxed atmosphere. We knew that we weren't expected to, you know, win the state championship, but we, we still came out and, we were able to do it, which was a ton of fun. And then in 2017, 2018, we went back and we just, we couldn't finish the job, but it was, we still went back, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's always fun to go on the runs. All right. So your sister plays softball at Providence, Jackie Harrington. When you guys are in the backyard having a wiffle ball home run derby, who's winning that? I don't know. She's more athletic than I am overall. I know when she was like in high school, she was one grade below me in high school. And I was out here on like, JV football and she was on like varsity field hockey like winning games for him all the time so I was just like felt like I was in her shadow a couple times but it was all it was always great to see her succeed it was awesome if we're having a home run derby if you would have asked me like three years ago I think I would win but at this point I don't know the last time I really picked up a a bat to swing it for power and she's doing that almost every day so I think if it's just BP she might she might be winning the home run derby, but if we're if we're playing the game for for outs and pitches, um, I think I would win it just because I would I would be able to dice her up for a little bit. But I don't know. Trying to keep her back contained is very tough. So have you struck her out recently, or is there no time for wiffle ball in the FCBL? I haven't recently, but when I was home and we would play wiffle ball. It'd be a battle every time. It'd be probably like a six, seven pitch AB that would end in either, either a walk or a strikeout or maybe like a home run. It was, it was always something electrifying. It wasn't, it wasn't a ground ball single. It was always because then an argument would ensue after that. 
Uh, recently, I haven't, but maybe when I get back home, I'll, I'll get back on that. All right, so your dad was also a college athlete. He played football at Plymouth State. You played football. You listed it as your favorite sport other than baseball. What's it like being on the gridiron? Did you have fun in high school doing that? How far did you make it playing football? Um, I finished after, I think, my freshman year of playing football. But it was it was honestly the most fun I've ever had playing a sport. I know when I was younger, I loved like that was my favorite sport by far. I never played it, but I always loved like watching it, like just playing in the backyard, playing catch with it. Um, my dad is a big football fan. He's a big he's a big sports fan, but football is his favorite um, sport to probably watch and like play catch in the backyard with. So when I was younger, I always wanted to play it, and then I started playing in seventh and eighth grade, and we had a really good team. Um, I think for like the Papa Warner League, we like go. We were like in the regional finals for whatever, whatever league that is. So that was a ton of fun on like just getting introduced to it. Um, freshman year, like once we got there, it was like it was a lot more serious, which I loved. Um, it was a ton of fun. And then after the freshman year, I felt I was a little, I was a little small. I was getting hit around a little, a little too much. So I was like, I'm, I might just focus in on, you know, my winter and spring sports focusing on like just playing baseball a little more um but it was definitely a lot of fun now i play in the flag football leagues at school which are awesome a little less contact but a little a little more creativity you can do which is a lot of fun i love doing that yeah that's awesome and and of course you got to have multiple sports on the resume come on now yeah exactly and how about a message to lake monster fans before we get to our final segment um, if I had to have like a message for Lake Monster fans, it was come out to Centennial and thank you for being the best fan base in the FCBL. Yeah, Lake Monster fans, you don't want to miss this team right now. They're they're red hot, hottest team in the league by far. And we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So Patrick, we got a couple more questions for audience to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. All right, let's do it. Favorite teammate that you've played with in the FCBL? Um, in the FCBL, my favorite teammate, probably Griffin Young from uh, Nashua. I would say my hometown teammates, but they're my they're my closest friends, so they're not – it's a little different, but Griffin Young is probably my favorite teammate. Yeah, Griffin Young, another big part of that 2020 championship team, of course. And then how about favorite ballpark you've played in and one that you've attended as a fan? Um, Northeast Delta Dental Stadium in Manchester, New Hampshire. That was the home of our um, state championships. And then I've watched a few Fisher Cat games. Yeah, that's a good state. Where the memories are, is the it's got to be the favorite. Yeah. And then how about sports stadium or sporting event that's on your bucket list? Oh, on my bucket list? One that I really want to go to, I think, would be uh, the Seattle Seahawks Stadium, just because of how like how loud it is and like the the sense that everyone like talks about it, like they have the loudometer, loudometer there. So I think just being in that atmosphere would be really, really cool to go to. Yeah, being part of that twelfth man would be would be something else for sure. And then how about favorite big league team and big league player, whether it's current or historical? Uh, my favorite big league team is got to be the Red Sox, and then my favorite big league player is Walker Buehler, who is a pitcher on the Dodgers. I loved him when he pitched at Vanderbilt, and then I loved just following his journey. So Walker Bueller, definitely someone you could model your game after. Is there anybody else in the majors besides him, or whether it is him, that you model your 
your pitching game after? I know he's um, definitely the one that I model it the most after because we're similar set. We're both like a higher arm slot righty around the same size with like similar pitches. So I guess he's like the number one that I, I try to model after. Um, other ones, there's not too many others really, but he's the, he's the main one. And I think it's a pretty good one to model after. Do you model your pant size after him too? <laughs> I wish. I don't, I don't think I have pants that are tight enough like that, but maybe I'll try and fit into some pants like that. All right. And so when you're at Centennial Field, what's your walk-up music? What, what are the fans? So my walk-up music is a, um, it's a pop smoke song, which is a running joke from me and a couple of my best friends in Nashville last year. And then we kind of just kept it going because we, we were both, we were all seeing success and I just kept it going. because like, it, it amps me up personally. Um, I think the, cr- the crowd doesn't hate it, which, you know, isn't an issue, but I was thinking about changing it soon to more of a, more of a crowd favorite, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But right now it's uh, get back by pop smoke, which is a good song. Yeah, it's different when you're on campus than when you're in the FCBL with a bunch of kids and, and fans running around. Yeah, it is a little bit different, but uh, we'll see. I'll probably end up changing it uh, towards the end of the year. If it works, though, you can't change it. So, well, that's, my, that's not I don't something. Know. I, I'm yeah, it, but I don't know. Hopefully, I don't have to change it. Yeah, don't change it yet. Just <laughs> keep the keep the numbers where they are. Keep the mojo the same. That that leads us into the next question: Are you superstitious? I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious, I'd say. And I, there's not like many things that I do, but it's just more of like a routine base. Um, so I'm not like overly like analytical of things that I like have to get done every time, but I more just want to like keep a good routine to like know that I'm feeling like the right way. And like my body's prepped to, uh, to like get ready for the game itself. But I guess the only like real superstition I have is just not, not stepping on the line itself because that's just a that's a normal baseball superstition and it's just I don't know it's just something that you just can't really do as as a player especially don't do, as, can't do it don't do it don't do it exactly. don't do it especially as a pitcher if you're walking out to the mound you're you're looking right at it so there's no excuses not to not hit it so that's the really only true one I have. Definitely. So if you're at a game, whether it's at Centennial or Fenway or wherever, or Holman, what's your, uh, what's your ballpark food if you're a fan that you're, you're getting? Um, I'm a big fried dough fan. But the one thing, like if I'm at any stadium, I'm a big fried dough fan. But at Centennial, they have very, very good like personal pizzas that um, are enjoyed by our basically our whole team before the games sometimes. So those are really, really good for like a centennial favorite. And then I guess if you're going to Fenway, you have to get like a, a Fenway Frank hot dog. But if I'm just at like a normal stadium that doesn't have like a, I mean, I guess every stadium probably has something special. But if I'm just at a normal stadium, I'm, I'm probably going to go with the fried dough. It's one of my favorites. That's definitely a new one. Uh, we'll, we'll add that to the list. And are you a bubblegum guy or sunflower seeds guy? I'm a fan of both, but I don't have a lot of them. Like during the game, I usually don't buy sunflower seeds. So I'll have like sparingly here and there throughout the season. Um, and then bubblegum I'll have, if it's available, I'll grab it. But I don't have it um, like all the time regularly. We'll call it some charity seeds. <laughs> yeah, basically. 
And last question of our quick hit segment presented by Zephyr. What's your all-time favorite baseball memory? But see, this might be changing with that grand slam. That that could be one of my favorite memories because of all the implications that were on it. But besides that grand slam, probably would be winning a state championship or or uh, clinching like a spot in the regionals my freshman year at Assumption it was pretty cool. That wasn't like a baseball game memory, but it was a baseball like memory that we were able to like see that we made the regionals it was pretty cool. That was awesome. Yeah, two popular baseball memories right there, clinching regionals and winning state championships in high school. And that's that's valid, very valid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and hitting walk-off grand slams. That was pretty cool. Yep, that also helps. <laughs> well, Patrick, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck with everything. We can't wait to see you and the Lake Monsters at Centennial Field all season long. Yeah, thank you. Can't wait to see you guys too. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. And this has been episode 22 of season three of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.